We live in a time where masculinity is shamed and men don't know what it means to be a man. As a pastor and counselor, I've spent the better part of my life equipping and training others. My goal with this show is to translate my hard-earned experience into tools and tactics to help you become stronger as a man. This is the Brave Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Valentine. Hey everyone, this week's podcast, I am doing something special. I'm with my daughter-in-law, Allie, and I'm on the Date Well podcast. And so we're going to talk all about dating. We're going to take some questions from our Date Well audience, and I really think that you guys are going to love it. So I hope that you enjoy this week's episode. Jay, how about, it seems that some people know a little bit about you, but maybe give like a a little one-minute recap of who you are what yeah. you do, why you're the relationship guru. <laughs> we'll go from there. Oh, man. Well, one, I'm your dad. Yes. I yeah. mean, really, I'm your father-in-law, <laughs> but I just like to say I'm your dad. And um, trying to call you my dad is it's very so hard for you. Huh? It's really yeah. difficult. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, I've spent so much time um, in my life just helping to counsel and um, grow people, help them to grow stronger. I've, I've been at Bethel church next year. It'll be 20 years. What? Yeah. On staff, um, wow. at Bethel church. And so I've spent so much time in the school ministry, um, helping to oversee kind of the emotional health departments there. And then came on staff uh, or sorry, moved into the church world more out of the school and yeah. oversee, um, the emotional health, uh, worlds there, our counseling departments, the transformation center. And just have a passion for relationships, have a passion for parenting, have a passion to help people learn how to live better, healthier lives. And so it's been super fun. It's, it's a really cool journey. But yeah. Um, yeah, just since I was a young boy, I, I knew that I wanted to help people restore, be restored back into like their original creation. And I think that's a, it's a gift, you know, it was a, a gift that God gave to me to know at such a young age that this is what I've been called to do. Yeah. And so I've just, I've been intentionally helping people since I was 13. And so just long, lots and lots of years. I don't even think I knew that. Hearing stories. Yeah. 13. What did that look like? Just like sitting down with friends and telling them. Yeah. So it kind of (laughs) happened when there's two events in my life that really transformed me. There are like these marking events. And the first one was hearing my dad tell the story of David and his mighty men, which David and his mighty men, the mighty men were the outcasts, the broken, the guys that nobody wanted. And David restored those men and they became like these incredible warriors. And when my dad was telling me that story, I remember my heart was just like on fire. And I realized like, that's what I want to do for my life. I want to see people be restored. And then the same year or the same season, I should say, I also realized, man, youth group is so boring. I don't want to go to youth group. I hate it. You know, worship sucks. Preaching's terrible. The kids are mean. We have homeless people that come in and talk to themselves. And so I remember telling my dad, like, I don't want to go to youth group anymore. And he said, well, let's, you know, let's talk about that. So we were sitting on his bed and I said, I don't want to go to youth group. You know, it's boring. People are mean. There's a homeless guy named Bob that comes in and he talks to himself. And and he said, well, it sounds like you're going for yourself. And I thought he was saying, you should only go for yourself, yeah. you know? And yeah. I said, oh, I think I am going for myself. 
And he said, son, that's the lowest level of living for mm. a believer. And I just was so crushed, you know, because I felt so selfish in the moment. Yeah. And he said, son, you have what people need. Like mm. you, you, you were designed to help people and to bring the best out of them, walk them through hard times. That's what God's put you on this earth for. And I believed him. And so he said, I want you to go to youth group and go to church, find people that need help and help them. Find people that are hurting and help them. Wow. And that literally became my mission. Like, I just took that on as if that was my calling in life. And so I would just go to youth group and I'd be on a mission to find someone that was hurting, find someone that needed to talk to, mm -hmm. find someone that needed help. And that's where I started to learn emotional health. That's where I, that I had now had a purpose for, you know, learning the tools and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, helping people. And so... That's that's where really where it all started. Where it all started. Mm -hmm. Now you've been counseling and yeah, all sorts. and now you're really raising up men. <laughs> Don't we like to hear that, ladies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> raising We're up trying, yeah. men in this yeah. generation to be really godly men. Right? Yeah, it's true. So we started BraveCo, which is um, basically a, a men's discipleship movement, and I started that in 2020. And so we've been going on close to three years of discipling men, helping them, you know, work through pain, grow stronger, get, get healthy tools. And so, yeah, there's been quite a few ladies that have benefited from that. That's and, true, uh, huh? Yeah. So it's really fun. It's awesome. Yeah. A lot of marriages restored, lots of men, you know, on the right path. So. So good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, today I am excited to chat with you a little bit about what that actually even looks like for, to be in relationship with a healthy man. Like, what should that feel like for us as women and how should we experience that in relationship? What does a healthy man actually look like? Right. Like dating in today's yeah. society is so confusing. Yeah. Like our roles are not clear, right? Like who and how are we supposed to even go about initiating dating or stepping yeah. into a dating relationship? Um, and so I guess even one of my first questions for you would be, what are some like some key signs or some key things we should look for in a man um, that we should experience as women in a dating relationship yeah, that would a, be kind of like signs of health and wholeness. Yeah, and it's a great question. Mm -hmm. um, it, and I'm going to answer it, but I, I think too, like we sometimes have these unrealistic expectations that like, if I'm with a healthy man, I'll feel perfectly secure. Mm. I'll like, Everything will just feel smooth and like there's, there's no relationship that's just like that. So yeah. I want to give a caveat first because like you're dealing with your own fears and totally. relationships are, it's a navigation process. And so it's not perfectly smooth. But mm -hmm. I think when we talk about healthy people, we talk about people that um, are taking ownership of their life. And so they do what they say they're going to do, mm -hmm. which is, I think, uh, an important thing, right? Like I have to, I have to be able to be clear about my intentions and clear about um, where I'm headed and clear about the areas of my life that I need to work on. And, <clears throat> mm -hmm. and I think that that really does come down to ownership because you don't have to have it all figured out. You have to know that there's areas in your life that you need to figure out yeah, and be honest about that. Right. And mm -hmm. so I think when Lauren and I were starting to date, I just knew, I didn't know 
that of course that she would be the one. I just knew I wanted to get to know her. And so mm-hmm. I also knew that there were areas in my life that I still that still weren't perfect. You know, I was blending, I, I was uh, co-parenting. And so, yeah. you know, my, my ex-wife was, um, of course, not in the house with us. So it's like I had these big areas of my life. I had some financial debt. Mm-hmm. that was like oof it was it was tough you know and and my kids my kids weren't perfect you know like they were dealing with some stuff that was hard yeah but those weren't areas that i needed to hide those weren't areas that um i think that were uh, that i was a passive about those are areas that i was like i got to figure these things out and really work on them, take ownership. And so I think, I do think that that's a starting point mm-hmm. um, when you're in a healthy relationship for guys or girls, honestly, because all of us, our lives are really complicated and they're, um, they're not simple. And, but if you're in a relationship where somebody's being honest with themselves mm-hmm. and taking ownership, that's, that's a good start. Um, I think being able to clearly communicate or, or fairly clearly communicate where you're at and where you're headed is really helpful in a relationship, especially at our age, right? Like it's a little bit different with somebody who's 19 or 20, 21 years old, because you can kind of be like, I'm in college and I'm just figuring out what I want to do. Totally. Or um, I'm, I don't know if I want to go to college. Yet. I'm just kind of exploring life. Mm-hmm. But I think when you get to like that 25 and on stage, it's not that you have to know what your purpose is in life fully, but it is really helpful the more you're able to articulate your value system and mm-hmm. where you think that you're headed and you know what the next couple of years of your life look like and because that just brings a level of stability and certainty to the relationship which helps relationships so much so i think mm-hmm. men being able to be in a place where I'm ready to take on a little bit more responsibility if I'm going to be dating, right? And I have some clarity in my life on the direction that I'm headed. And I have some clarity on the men that I'm running with in my life. You know, those are all like helpful things uh, to look for in, 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 in when you're first starting to date Mm -hmm. and when you're with somebody, you know, I would say red flags are you get into a relationship. And they're talking about their past relationship. I'm mm. talking about about the person, you know. Uh, they have a bunch of excuses for why they're not further along. Um, they have like the blame game. Yeah, the blaming. I would say uh, they don't they don't have good communication skills, and especially in the sense that uh, they have a hard time asking questions about you and listening and paying mm. attention, and um, you know, they're late. I mean, just. <laughs> Just things like that. It's like mm-hmm. those to me are start to be red flags in a relationship where you're like, man, I don't feel, I don't actually feel heard. We don't have a lot of fun. Um, his or mess, valued. He, like you're not even showing up on time. Like, yeah, how important is yeah. this? Yeah, his his relationships don't feel very strong. Um, so yeah, kind of the opposite. I would say it sounds like the opposite because the what would be green flags or what would be yeah. clear signs of like, oh yeah, move forward in this would be ownership. And yeah. so if you're not owning anything in your life, mm-hmm. even the areas, I think often too, right? You think that like, 
I got to have all my ducks in a row. Like I got to have all my stuff together before I can even step into a relationship and vice versa. You might feel that way for yourself, but you might look at the guy and be like, well, if I'm going to have all my ducks in a row, he better have all of his ducks in a row. But the reality is like, you're never going to find that person. No, they don't exist. Yeah. But if somebody has healthy relationships, if they, you know, for the most part, live according to a schedule, they have direction in their life, they're being responsible. You mm-hmm. know, those are the things that that you're really looking for. The rest is kind of like stuff that you desire but don't have to have. And and that's kind of the danger of having a big checklist. Yeah. Is you have all these expectations that our expectations change as we get as we meet people. You know, yeah. there are things that grew on grew on me about Lauren, and then there's things that you know, I worked through, I decided like, it's not that important. Mm. And so, yeah, I mm-hmm. think as far as what it feels like, it, it doesn't feel like what you think it would. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like all roses and yeah. unicorns yeah. and rainbows? <laughs> yeah. I think it feels like, I, I think when you're with somebody that when you're, when you're in a new relationship, you, sh- I think you're always working towards like, do I, do I feel safe enough, close enough? Is it worth it enough to take the next step? And often, mm. often like that's as far as you know, and that's as far as you need to see. Because right. there's so many more dynamics in a new relationship that really cloud who is this person and what would we really be like and where are we headed? that you have to kind of let go of your control and let go of your certainty about your future and them, mm-hmm. let go of the things that you don't know about them and just make the milestones, just climb that next ladder and just get to that next point before you try to answer all the questions. Right. I hear you say often when you're talking about this intimacy ladder of right, taking the next step in your relationship Yeah, is often we're trying to get to the, we're trying to, know the answer to the final step. Like, is this the person I'm going to, I'm destined to be with, but you're at step one and you have no, you have none of the questions answered to know that. So you're just filled with anxiety in the relationship and you end up just being like, well, either frozen or trying to move forward super quickly so you can collect all those answers versus just like allowing the relationship to unfold and progress and for things to naturally come up and naturally happen versus like your list of questions you're going to, Spitfire at the person to get all your answers. Well, we love certainty, right? Right. Like human beings love certainty. Our strongest instinct is our instinct to survive, mm-hmm. and which is why we like bad news. Honestly, it's why hmm. there's no good news stations. You can't find a good news station every night that tells news and tells good news because it doesn't tap into that uh, that biological wired up mechanism inside of us that says this is helping me survive. When somebody tells you good news, you're like, great. Tell me where the dangers are. Interesting. Tell me where the potential hazards are. Tell me, try as good as possible to predict the future for me. It's why we love forecasting. Mm. And so in a relationship, you know, we're constantly doing that. And the challenge becomes you sabotage a lot of things that would grow into something beautiful because they feel a little dangerous. Well, the challenge that we have is trying to decipher between does this feel dangerous because of mm-hmm. my past or because of what's happening right now? Yeah. Does this feel dangerous because 
this doesn't typically work out for me, or does this feel dangerous because this guy isn't taking care of me well? And so I think that's the hazard in trying to, you know, Abby Stovall says it like this future trip. Like I am, I am trying to predict the future. I'm, I, but mostly really what I'm doing is I have a bunch of fear about the future. And if I could pull myself back, right, from trying to predict the future and just trying to live today really well, it helps me regulate my emotions so much better. And it allows for the relationship to unfold, knowing that if I really trust myself and I trust my ability to navigate through hard things and I trust my friend group that they're going to help help me, then I can just be present today and not try to control everything. But I think that that's, I would say that's a big mistake that we make in relationships is soon as it feels a little difficult or challenging, again, especially the older you get because you have more history of challenging relationships, hopelessness, that when you start a relationship, you're already going like, I hope this doesn't end like the, the last one. Yep. You lose a little bit of your innocence. And so how you protect that is by not future tripping, by not trying, like but by, yeah, by telling that, that, that thing inside of you that says, you need to know all the answers yeah. to these questions. Like, nah, just calm down. You're okay. Like, yep. just enjoy today. Yep. That's good. That's yeah. so good. Um, I'm asking, answering questions you're not even asking. No, but I Sorry. love it. I love it so much. Well, and I feel like that's so real. Like I, I can remember even just dating Elijah, like feeling like, oh, it's scary, right? Like, even if you're like, this feels good and this feels right, you are putting your heart out there. You're putting yeah. your heart on the line. Yeah. And I remember wanting so badly to just like retract back into like, I wish I never admitted how I felt. Oh, I wish yeah. I could just rewind. Let's just be friends. This feels so scary. And I remember so distinctly the Lord telling me one day, just Allie, things that are valuable cost something. Yeah. And immediately I was like, Oh, it's my comfortability. Yeah. It's my vulnerability. It's all these things that I'm trying to protect. Actually, the risk, there's reward on the other side yeah. of, of risk. Yes. And so it is scary to not know what the future holds, but also then you're like, okay, well, will I be okay? How, how did things turn out last time when things didn't go well? Like, well, I did eventually come out the other end of it. Yeah, it was super painful, yeah. but now I know, like I have a track record that I can get to the other side of this well. Yeah. And I actually probably have more tools even if this doesn't go well. We often forget if we're just talking about life and and don't Mm -hmm. want to go too far down the soapbox. Yeah. But we often forget that life is really challenging. And for instance, like people say investing money is really really risky. Well, not investing money is really risky. Well, relationships are really painful. Well, not having relationships are really painful. Well, marriage is really tough. You don't want to get married. Well, not getting married is really tough. Mm-hmm. Having kids is a lot of work. Well, not having kids is really hard as well. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you are left with the tension. Yeah, the tension. Like working out is in eating well is so hard. Well, do you know how hard it is to be obese? Yeah. It's really hard and to not be healthy. Mm-hmm. It's just really, really hard. And so we forget that as as human beings and we we keep trying to default into the easiest, safest path. And you can only do that so long before you end up in a worse hell than what you thought. 
you know, than what you could have predicted over here. And so it's, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of reminding ourselves, like I, most of life is an investment towards the future. And that investment is, takes courage because there's no guarantee in it. It's great. I see someone's asked, what's like an alternative narrative to tell yourself when the, I need to know future trip comes up, which kind of feels like that. Like what you've just recapped is it's, it's telling yourself, well, what am I, what is this investing into in my life? Yeah. And I investing into. Yeah. I also think what's the story I'm telling myself right now? Um, what's an alternative story? So sometimes, um, sometimes if you can, if you can just slow yourself down a little bit and realize like the story I'm telling myself, and I do this a lot, like the story I'm telling myself is all based out of fear. It's, it's not actual, it's not actual real facts. It's just, this is fear talking. Mm. And then I'm, I try to be kind to myself, even in the midst of it. Like I understand why Mm. I would want, why I'm so afraid right now. Yeah. Having compassion for yourself. Mm -hmm. But there's also another perspective. So what is God's perspective on where I'm at right now? Like, and it could be a bunch of different things in marriage. So in marriage, I could tell myself like, wow, my kids are really hard. And I don't, you know, I don't know that I'm going to have the energy to parent them super well. And what if they wake up tomorrow and they're, they're upset and they're angry. Like as a parent, like that's real. You just, you can start predicting like having kids that are out of control and your life sucking and, you know, work's not fun and nothing's going to be great. But the opposite is like, well, what if all that's not true? Mm. And what if my life works out really well? And what if this investment really does pay off? And what if like James chapter four has a recipe for for us and it's a recipe for perfect peace and it's whatever's holy, whatever's lovely, whatever's pure, whatever's praiseworthy. It doesn't even say like, it has to be like the Christian things. It's just like meditate on these things. Like focus. You have two paths. We always have two paths to go down. Every one of us, like every one of us on this call today could talk about the two different paths that we can go down because my, well, my mother-in-law is dying right now and I'm at home watching the kids. My wife's not here and I'm tired and I had to cancel a whole bunch of fun things that I wanted to go do hunting trips and vacations and oh, my life's really hard and it sucks. Right. Like that's a narrative. That's a road. Or I can start to go down the path of I got to walk my mother-in-law to heaven mm-hmm. and raising kids is really pays off. And I'm really bonding with my wife right now because we're both investing into mm-hmm. our future and working through hard things. Like both are true. Yeah. I'm just going to focus on this one and feed it and it's going to grow. Yep. So we have to do the same thing when we're starting relationships. Like I'm doing a really hard thing. I'm so proud of myself. Yep. Yeah. I'm facing my fears. I'm strong enough to handle it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't actually need a guarantee. Yeah. That's not what makes life exciting. Guarantees don't make life exciting. Um, I, the, the, this is really going to pay off no matter how it, no matter how this goes, reframing uh what's going on inside of you is really important it's so good so good i i feel like you've kind of may maybe answered this but i see Lindsay. you've asked how do we balance knowing the next couple of years 
but also not future tripping. So maybe like, how do you, you know, you're on this path. Yeah. So planning's different. Planning with purpose and intention. You know, I want to be a man of intentionality. And so the Bible says a man plans, uh, makes plans, but God directs his steps. Mm -hmm. And so we look and we go like, well, it's a noble thing to do to begin to map out, right? To begin to plan out your life as much as possible from a place of vision, from a place of strategy, from a place of purpose. And then God comes alongside of us and says like, yep, we're going to do this one and we're not going to do that one. And we're going to move over here and and we're going to have this big wrench thrown in and and you're going to navigate through this. Future tripping is I'm in a state of of dysregulation. So I am am all, uh, I'm in fear trying to, um, play defense in my life. I don't want this bad thing to happen. I don't want this bad thing to happen. And so what am I going to do to keep my life from crashing, from falling, from failing? Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm constantly playing defense. Yeah. You know, um, I'm just going to go a little bit further down this, this (laughs) rabbit trail because I I think it will help everyone. We know that bad things are going to happen to us. We know everyone in this room today your tires are wearing out on your car. Your car's running out of gas. <laughs> your body is aging. You know, like we know that. We mm-hmm. know these things that your parts are wearing out in your car. Your roof is is not going to last forever on your house. Your paint is not going to last forever. Your kids are going to go through things that are challenging and hard. Every one of us. Like if we're in reality, we know that those things are true. Yep. Okay. So what do you do? Well, you build bandwidth in, in your life, don't you? Yeah. You save up for the tires that are wearing out. You save up for the parts that are, are wearing out in your car. You uh, save up you know, money and effort and energy to paint your house. You do maintenance. You know that you're going to come across a really hard time in your marriage. So you learn skills to handle that. Yep. And you build in bandwidth in your marriage. You, 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 you talk kindly and you... you uh, make bids for connection and you do date nights and that gives you bandwidth. And the same thing's true for all of us, right? Like if you want, if you want to live a happy, healthy life, you have to also build in bandwidth for the things that you know are coming down your path so that you don't get freaked out every single time something bad happens. You start to go like, Oh, I know that things are challenging. And we know that we're going to have a bad day at work someday. Yeah. Okay. Well, have a routine in your life as much as you can control. So that you love your life. And when bad things come, you know, you've got a bunch of bandwidth. You have friends, you have finances, you have uh, health, you know, physical health as much as possible. So control the things that you can control to to create bandwidth for the things that you can't control. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I I know maybe it wasn't about dating, but it's about life. But keys. Yeah, it's about life. Keys to healthy relationships. Um. Okay, I'm going to take it a little bit back to the yeah, back <laughs> to the dating world. Yeah, I'm I'm on I'm on a theme. <laughs> I love right it. Now. I love it so much. Um, okay, I'm thinking this is a dynamic that I feel like girls express often, right? Where they're in some level of a relationship with a guy, and maybe they're dating them. Maybe they've just gone on a few dates. And they feel like, oh, this is such this is such a great guy. Like who he is is amazing. But I actually don't feel like I'm being led in this relationship. I actually don't know. I don't even feel really pursued in this relationship. Mm. I kind of feel awkward in 
how I'm supposed to show up to the relationship. And I think a tendency is for a girl, I mean, to go different directions, but a tendency is to kind of step up into that space and try to control that space or the opposite, right? To just become, I'm out. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. done. I'm passive. And so I'm wondering like, what is the balance and what is, what should the approach be? Like how, how much should you not help, but maybe help direct and share needs and feedback? Um, and then when is the time to like bow out and move on? So we all have different normals and we've all come from different backgrounds. And I think that we have to remember that, especially in today's day and age, normals are getting further and further and further apart. Yeah. And so, you know, a hundred years ago, the chances are you're going to marry someone from the same town. Right. His dad knew your dad. Mm-hmm. We had a, a decent understanding of what normal was mm-hmm. for the culture that you were in. Right. And so, you know, you both recognized like, Something needs to happen here because mm-hmm. this is our normal. And yeah. we don't just go out on a date and hold hands and not talk about where we're at, you know, 100 totally. years ago, whatever. But today's day and age, it could be really normal for a guy to let the woman leave or to, and, and for him to think, I'm, I'm being honoring, right? Like, this is how I'm honoring her because maybe he didn't have a dad that taught him. And maybe that's what his, maybe that's how his mom was, you know, it's like right. my mom's in charge and there's just different norms. And it doesn't make him a bad guy. It, right. it doesn't make him a guy that you don't want to be around. It just means like, okay, part of in a relationship, what happens is you establish a normal through clear expectations. That's just part of what's going to happen. And Lauren and I did that, you know, um, I, my normal was to pursue, to have a plan to talk through the expectations before we got to that spot. So Lauren's normal uh, in her past was a guy in her would just end up holding hands or they would just kind of end up in a kiss. And Mm -hmm. that could be pretty normal. They didn't really talk about that. And Mm so um, that was something when I came to the relationship, realized like, okay, I want to be intentional and talk about it. But there also came a point in our relationship where I didn't feel like Lauren was reciprocating where Mm -hmm. she was pursuing where she was giving back and so instead of bow out or run i just simply talked about it Mm -hmm. like hey i'm curious what i'm curious what your normal is what you're used to and what you expect in a relationship yeah and this is this is what i expect this is what my normal is but i know that your normal is probably different and Mm. so i think the first conversation is just talking through that, but you have to give it enough time. I think, I do think a mistake that sometimes we make is it's easy to overwhelm somebody with your expectations. Mm-hmm. And that's a way to sabotage a relationship as well. It's like, well, if you can't handle me, then I want to know right now. Yeah. And it's like, well, it may not be worth handling you. Right. Like maybe, you know, <laughs> Like I handle a lot from my wife because I know that it's worth it. Yeah. We've spent enough time together right. that I know like dealing with your hard emotions, dealing with this thing, it's worth it. Right. But she didn't dump all that on Not me in the beginning. No. Yeah. So, you know, we had fun and, and we hung out and we went on some day. We tolerated each other's uncomfortability a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we started to have, you know, those conversations that are a little bit more towards defining the relationship and talking about our normals and 
Because what you want to see in, in the person that you're with is you want to know that they can make adjustments Mm -hmm. because it's not real that you just, it's not real that people don't change. Someone once said, um, a uh, a man marries a woman thinking she'll never change. And she does. A woman marries a man thinking that he'll change and he never does. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I've also heard that one of my hunting friends says that. (laughs) That's funny. I've also heard that like you've been married to one person, but you've really been married seven times or to seven different people. And that's the the truer thing, right? What I said was just being funny. (laughs) Yeah. But we all change. We all transform. You know, I'm not the same guy. And life demands that. Life demands that because you go through so many different things Mm -hmm. that we change. So I think all that to say, you have to ask yourself, have I given this relationship enough time to have the conversation around what are, what my expectations are? Right. And have I built enough connection to have this conversation about certain expectations, especially around him pursuing? Mm -hmm. And then can, how can I have this conversation in a way that feels understanding and empowering? Mm -hmm. So if you just come in and say like, Hey, I don't really feel like you're doing a good job pursuing my heart and I can't keep pursuing you forever. Right. I don't think that women would try to, to send that message, but if you're in a fear-based mode, yeah. then you're you're going, I don't know if he's ever going to step up. I don't want to be his mom forever. Yeah. I don't want to be the one leading this relationship. If he really cared for me, like he would be the one pursuing. Mm-hmm. It's all fear-based. But if you move out of that mode and you move more into the curious mode, then you can start to go like, Hey, explain, like, let's talk about what our normals are. Let's talk about, you know, what your expectations are of me in a relationship. And if you allow him to talk first, then it's like, I'd also love to share a little bit about maybe some of my expectations and what feels good in a relationship, what feels healthy. Yeah. And cause you're going to continue to define that. So that's a long I can shorten these. I can shorten these answers. Well, I'm seeing lots of questions come in around this. So, Kelly, if you want to unmute yourself and ask your question, you're welcome to. And then I see some in the chat box as well. We'll get to. So, um, my question. Let me just lower my hand. Um, My question is on a different topic, but in dating. So, when you have something disruptive happen in your life. So recently I've had something disruptive happen in my life, unexpected. That's, that is going to require all my attention. Um, and it coincided with me just meeting somebody. And he had said to me, it seems like you need to kind of put your focus somewhere else. So my question isn't more about this person, but more just an overarching question of like, do you think it's okay Jay, your opinion to date through if you're dealing with major challenges in your life. Like to me, it's life. So you don't get to compartmentalize it. But are there times where you say, you know, I have to tend to these other things. I can't really date. And how do you, how do you make that decision? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, so I think that duration it is a big factor into into the answer to this and then severity like how severe and how for how long you know um like again if if your dad 
just got diagnosed with cancer and he's dying in the next month. It's like, well, it's going to be really hard for you to focus on a relationship while, you know, your dad's going through something really intense. And if you know that it's going to last a month, then it's like, I'm just going to, is it okay if we just put this on pause, you know, and revisit it in, in two months? And because I think you're a cool guy and I think that we could have fun and, you know, are you good? Are you good with that? And, and probably most guys that if they're, in, if they're interested in you are going to say, yeah, hit me back. I, I can understand that. But, you know, if your guy, if your dad got diagnosed with cancer and his diagnosis is two years, then it's like, well, that's just life. We all have things in our life that are really hard and challenging. Mm. And that's going to, that's going to help the person that you're with really see how you handle hard, challenging things. Mm -hmm. And so what you're going to have to do is just do a good job at where you prioritize your time. Because I mean, we're all doing that, right? We're all going like, I've got big, hard, challenging things. And yet my kids still need to play and they still need to connect. And my wife still needs fun time. And I still need fun time. And so it's like I have a portion of my time in my life that I can do hard challenging. But then I have to go over into the rest of my life and do maintenance work. I got to mow my lawn and I got to. <laughs> right. And so, you, you know, I think it's if you're in such a severe spot that it's really requiring the majority of your bandwidth, then, yeah, you know, don't set yourself up for failure, especially if it's not going to last very long. But if you're in one of those places that it's like, oh man, this is going to be a while, then you, you have to set priority to your life so that you have time to date, you have time to mow your lawn, you have time to, you know, what, like you can live a normal life. And this thing in here is not what you want to be doing, but you've created some space and some time for that. Does that make sense? So good. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. That's great. I see a question in the chat says, can you talk a bit about what healthy connection looks like? Before that question, you were talking a little bit about how at different stages of the relationship, maybe you wouldn't bring up certain things, right? And so what would it look like to have healthy connection in your dating relationship so that you could bring up more challenging points? Yeah. And and two, I think that that really depends on the the length of the relationship, where you're really at. So mm -hmm. let's just say like first week. First week to me, healthy connection looks like um, we've both been intentional with probably uh, texting each other. We've been intentional when we're on a date to ask good questions, to follow curiosity. He's present with me. He's not on his phone. Yeah. And then maybe he's clear, you know, maybe he's clear with this communication, like, Hey, let's, yeah. let's hang out next week. Or, Hey, I really enjoyed this. I'll call you that type of thing. Like that's, if you're in the first week, that's, that's what I would expect. I, I would say a red flag would be, you know, the first, the first day he's, he's telling you things that he's never really told somebody, yeah. or you find yourself telling him things that you never really told somebody like the first week, like I'm divulging this information about my life that I've never really told somebody and I'm leaning on you for help. So that to me is the the big key is like, I don't really know that I can trust you, but I, I'm leaning on you for, for help in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be kind of the, the red flag there. But as you go through relationship, you know, a month in, like 
you've probably you're probably a month into a relationship, like you've probably spent enough time, at least Lauren and I, like we hung out almost every day. And so a month in, I mean, you're, you're 30 days into like Like seeing each other every day and you're starting to to process through more of life. And again, I don't, I wasn't, I was divorced at that time. Of course, Mm -hmm. I wasn't processing through with Lauren, how to work through, you know, the scary things in our relationship because of my divorce. Hmm. But she was aware that there were hard things that I had to work through as a single dad mm-hmm. raising my kids with my ex-wife. Like that, there's no secret around that. Right. Like this I'm is really hard. <laughs> yeah, I gotta gear myself up for it, you know, right. and, and going back. And so I think that every every person's different. That's where you're gonna have to start start you have a conscience so i I think that that's the other piece is everybody has a conscience and Mm -hmm. when you start violating your conscience i am i'm giving you something that i don't feel safe giving you but i want connection from you so i'm giving it to you that's that to me is like probably a better judge than what should you be saying and how deep should you be going with somebody um so that's a good point right there. It's like, why am I sharing this? Yeah. You're asking yourself, like, what is my purpose in sharing this information? Yeah. Am I trying to get to a, an, another place in this relationship, get something from this person? Or is it actually because it, it feels appropriate in this time to share that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, what, what was the question? Uh, how to connect well. Yeah, right? healthy connection. So connection it. Like connection happens through the exchange of emotions on the deepest level. So when we're talking about the deepest level, right? Like uh, I walk in, my kids see me, uh, they throw their hands up in the air because they're young and they run to me and they're excited. That's an exchange of emotion that mm-hmm. their excitement, their, there's tons of joy there. Mm-hmm. Like you also see that when you go and hang out with somebody and you walk in the door and he smiles at you and he gives you a hug. Like there's an exchange. You're exchanging an emotion. You're not verbally exchanging emotion, but you, you, you are exchanging an emotion in that moment. And it's like, well, you, you have to man- manage how deep that goes. And if a guy can't ever exchange emotion, well, now you have a problem, right? And that happens in marriage. It's like my husband has a really hard time opening up emotionally with yeah. me. He has a hard time explaining what he's going through. He has a hard time telling me his feelings. Well, there's a lot of disconnection in that relationship. Mm-hmm. I only know when he's really angry or really happy, but I don't actually know what's going on inside of him. His fears, his desires, his insecurities, his frustrations. And so as you go deeper into a relationship, it's easier to know whether or not your connection is healthy or unhealthy because mm-hmm. it's more appropriate as you go deeper to share those deeper things. So that's really like as your relationship is unfolding, at first you won't really know. Like, how well is he at expressing his emotions? How well is he? Because he could be talking about things that feel really vulnerable, but it's already things that he worked through a long time ago. What's really right. vulnerable is telling you where you messed up today. What's really vulnerable is taking ownership. What's really vulnerable is telling somebody the fear that you have right now. That's the vulnerable piece. So a lot of women, I feel like they think that they're with a really vulnerable guy, but he's talking about stuff that actually happened a long time ago. 
He's not talking about real time stuff. And then they get a year yeah. into marriage and realize he can't hardly, he, he doesn't, he's not, he can't get current with me mm-hmm. and he can't handle my hard emotions. Right. Right. He's checking out. So anyways, so good. I took a stab at I it. I love it. They're like, wow. <laughs> okay. I see Kelly has a question. Do you want to? ask that we'll leave we'll just leave time now for questions if you guys have we just have a few more minutes so i'll answer quicker um so how do you recommend so i'm on a dating app and i don't know if the rest of you ladies are on a dating app but um how do you recommend practically guarding your heart like how did you and lauren how did you guard your heart because i feel like it is a wave of emotion to be going on dates and you know, like you're interested in somebody, they aren't interested, then you're interested and you have to tell them or you're not interested. Like it's, it's a constant swing of like rejection, hope, hope dashing. How do you not ride the emotional wave and bring that verse to life of guarding your heart? Well, I think that you have to have the right expectation and if you have the right, and, and then you have to be careful with the story that you're telling yourself. So the right expectation is I'm just meeting someone who I don't really know what it would be like to be married to them. Mm-hmm. I know what I'd want to think, but I don't really know. And I'll give you an example. It's kind of a personal example, but um, when I was in the school of ministry, I was divorced, right? Like, Seven years in, I was divorced, or five years in, I was divorced. And then I had all these ladies, they would write me these letters, right? These single women that were crazy. They would write me these letters like, I, I wake up saying your name at night. And like, oh, no. yeah, it was really crazy. <laughs> it was like being on The Bachelor on steroids, you know? And what always, oh, what always struck me was they don't actually know me. They know what they think about my life. Right. But they don't know what it's like to raise kids with a divorced woman. They don't even know my real personality. Yeah. They know what they see from stage, but they don't know me. They haven't spent five hours with me. Right. But they have this idea in their mind it's of what it fantasy. would be like to be Jason Valentin's wife and Chris Valentin's daughter-in-law. It's like, well, that none of that's really true. Right. <laughs> it just it just isn't. It's not true. And there's no way it could be accurate unless they spent a decent amount of time with me. And so I think when we're with somebody, when we're first with somebody, it's like, well, a guy could be really good looking and, you know, he could be on time and he can ask great questions. But those are just the first, that's just the starting point of a good relationship. So I think you have to continually bring yourself back down to like, today was a good start. I hope it, I hope, I hope it keeps going this direction so that you don't go like, Ooh, I bet he's got six pack abs and he makes really good money and I could see this working. It's like, well, you don't know yet. You don't have enough information, but you're telling yourself that you do. The guarding your heart is guard how far you allow yourself to look and hope and see. And then I think the other piece um, that I was thinking about, hmm, oh, is you also have to tell yourself that if somebody doesn't choose you, it's way less to do with you and so much more to do with them. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very hard when you get into the game of something's wrong with me. That's good. 
it's easy to do, so easy to do. But when you start going down that path, what we're trying to do is we're trying to solve. You you believe that if you can find the thing that's wrong with you and fix it, then you'll solve your problem. But the truth is, is you can't control people. You can't control them into marrying you. You can't mm-hmm. you can't become something that somebody you know magically wants. Like you have to live a life that you're happy with, that you're proud right. of, that that you feel confident in, and and somebody either will or won't pick that. You know, marriage is not a a bundle of joy, happiness, fulfillment. And we have this idea about marriage that if I can just get married, it would be so incredible. It really would. And man, if I could just knock people off of that to go like, no, if you married someone who wanted to be married to you and wanted to put the same amount or more effort, energy into that, then you would have a marriage that would really work. That's good. That's a lot. That's a lot to ask. That's a big ask. So right now, the best thing is you found a relationship and the guy didn't want to be with you. That's not a guy that you want to be with. You just want to be with a guy who wants to be with you. That's the only way it's going to work. Now go work on your life and build something that you're proud of and happy with. So good. So good. I love it. Any other questions, you guys? Otherwise, I see one in the chat. And this might be our last one. Oh, wait. Okay. How do you foster a genuine desire for marriage? That's a good question. How do you foster a genuine desire? Um, well, on one hand, I would say, I don't know that you have to. And I would, I think I would first start with making sure that I didn't have the wrong perspective on marriage. Because if you grew up in a home where your parents argued and fought and it's like, well, then your idea of marriage is that. And that is one reality for people, but it that isn't what marriage is. That's not necessarily what God designed for marriage. And so hmm. I think it's I think it's asking the question like, God, what did you design marriage to look like? And why did you go through so much effort and energy to create two different people? <laughs> that what are what's what's the beautiful side of marriage and i think you know when we when we've had a perspective it's like people have a perspective of god because they grew up in a home that was really strict and they were forced to go to church and their parents sucked and it's like well that that's not really god that's just people yeah right they haven't yet met god i wonder what it would be like for them to really meet god because god's standard is my kindness leads you to repentance. Yeah. So you'll know when you meet me because it will feel really kind. It will feel really loving. And I think someone who just doesn't have a desire for marriage, that's fine if you just simply don't have the desire. Like not everyone's the same and that's okay. If you don't have a desire for marriage because you're afraid, uh, then you just need to work through that. You need to, you need to go back and heal that place because you may actually really have a desire. That's why it may be so painful and so scary. So your desires are often trapped behind all of this fear. And you don't really know that, that you have a big desire for it. It's like um, my friends who I grew up with who didn't have good dads or dad left them. And they'd say like, I don't really care. You know, I don't really care that I didn't have a good dad. It's like, well, that's just your protection mechanism. Someday you're going to be a dad and you're going to find out what it what you missed out on and you're going to cry a lot and you're going to heal hmm. and 
you're going to forgive your dad and then you're going to really want a dad. You're going to, you're going to want somebody to play that role in your life. So, so good. Yeah. We do that with marriage. It's good. I love yeah. it. Okay. Ladies, any one last questions? Otherwise we're going to wrap this puppy up. I mean, if no one else has a question, I wanted to give space, but, um, so my question would be like, my tendency is to like, just have a lot of guy friends and I struggle to like, allow them to like me. And I'm 46. I've never been married and I'm working through it. I've been working through it for a long time. Um, but what do you think that is in me? I think uh, two two possibilities that I would look at. So, I mean, I don't know you at all. Uh, I think, well, and I don't know any of your past. So if we had 10 minutes and I asked you, tell me how your parents <laughs> treated you. Tell me when you were young, and maybe you could just answer this one question. Did you feel lovable and worthy of love when you were young? No, I don't think I really knew what love was. I mean, I. I think God has shown me, I thought codependency was love. So I think I'm still working out like what love even actually is. Yeah, great. And, and so I think what's supposed to happen when we're young is we're supposed to get this inheritance, right? Your first inheritance from your parents is supposed to be this inheritance of unconditional love, acceptance. You're supposed to build this really healthy attachment where your parents don't need you. They don't, they don't need you to stop crying. They don't need you to perform better. They are loving you unconditionally. And therefore, you're building this, this real safety in that says, the world around me knows how to take care of me. This is, this is going to be a safe place to grow up in. And my, my community helps me learn how to regulate my emotions. They help me, you know, uh, calm down and have fun and, there, there's a lot of care and concern for me. And then they start to add value to your life, right? As you grow up, they start to say, uh, you're such a, a beautiful woman and you're valuable and you work hard. And so you feel, you get this, uh, you're, li- you, sh- you are literally wired. You're programmed by the community around you. You didn't create your programming. Mm-hmm. Your community around you created it. And so all, all of us are the same with that. And I, my dad, um, when I was, young, my dad told me I was special every day that I could remember. So I felt special. I didn't build that inside of me. They built that inside of me. That was a gift. Mm-hmm. And so if you grow up with the opposite message, the opposite, the message is you're not enough. You're overwhelming. The world around us is chaotic. You know, you, you're, it's your responsibility to make me happy. Then it's like, well, who wants to be in a relationship where I have to make everyone happy. That's a lot of work. That's too much pressure. That's walking on eggshells. It's, it's chaos. It's crazy. And then on top of that, you don't get sent this message that you're really valuable. You're important. You're worth sacrificing for. Relate, relationship is the deepest level of connection and peace and comfort. And you're going to get that. You didn't get that message. You got the opposite message. So when you see guys, you know, intuitively, you think that's a lot of pressure. As soon as I move into a commitment with them, I'm going to be responsible for making them happy. I'm going to be responsible for, you know, the, the, how powerful they feel. And not only that, but 
I don't really know that they're going to love me well. So it's only a matter of time before I get rejected. It's only a matter of time before I'm working harder than they are. It's only a matter of time before, and you, you know, because that's your past history. So we have to do the work to go and heal those places, right? We have to do the work to go and, and forgive your parents and learn about what the power of setting boundaries in a relationship and how to set healthy boundaries, right? Because then it says, I'm valuable. I'm valuable enough to have needs. I'm valuable enough to set boundaries. I'm valuable enough to go, nah, you can be angry at me if you want to. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to carry that guilt and burden. But I'm also learning healthy communication. I'm learning uh, healthy boundaries. I'm learning uh, how to take care of myself well. And so I don't just keep every guy in the friend zone. I reserve space to allow a guy to like me. I reserve space to allow someone to pursue me because I have these good communication skills now. I have these good boundaries and I'm going to mess it up, but I'm also going to clean up my mess. You know, that's the journey that you're on. Um, and it's a good journey to be on. You know, the shame would say, oh, you're behind. Shame would say, you, you know, you're, you're not going to find somebody you're waiting too long. But I don't think that that's true. I think that the truth is, is that all of us, there, there is no one pathway to life that equals a beautiful destination of peace and, and love and joy. It's we're all on this ever ending, never ending journey of healing different things in our life, growing, uh, re, you know, refocusing, rephrasing things. And so this is just where you're at on your journey. And it's awesome. It's really great. Just do the work, you know, invest in yourself. Invest in some good counseling, invest in some tools, but also you have to put those tools to work at some point to really test it, to really know. And, and that's a relationship, you know, that's, that's deeper relationship. And, and, and I think that that's part of loving yourself. So great question. Amazing. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. So fun. Ladies, so happy to see you all again. We'll be back next month for a live call. We'll see you guys next time. Guys, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it and you want to learn more, you can go to letsdatewell.com. If you want to grow in dating and get better at it, whether you're a man or a woman, so they have programs for men and for women. Um, I love what Moral Revolution is doing and the Datewell program is awesome. So you can actually go to letsdatewell.com Use the promo code BRAVECO, that's my personal one, and you'll get a discount on it. We will see you next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the BRAVECO podcast. If you like this podcast, would you please rate it, review it, leave us a great comment. And if you like this episode in particular, share it with your friends and family. That helps us to spread the word. Guys, stay brave. We'll see you next week.